Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this on a Tuesday night after the Kings go to Salt Lake City in a rematch with the Utah Jazz. And tonight we are buzzing because De'Aaron Fox took over. He had 22 points in the fourth quarter. He finishes with a game-high 37 points, and the Kings get a road win in a hostile environment in Salt Lake City. They beat the Jazz 117 to 115, and now they head home to Sacramento, where they play the next five games against five teams all below 500. Should be a very interesting ride, but we can't move on that fast. We got to talk about tonight's game. I'm Deuce Mason. Morgan Reagan is in San Francisco, where she hosted on NBC Sports California today. How you doing, Mo? Fan effing tastic. I. I needed that win just for my mental health. And I didn't even know I needed it that bad because I had so much fun celebrating that win after this game. I usually don't get that emotional. Like, How did you celebrate? Good. How did I celebrate? I, I, um, on live TV, I screamed. I danced. I You danced? Um, a little bit of movement, a lot of movement, probably too much movement um i i we got to talk to deer and fox right after and i just was like feeling loose and i was like mr clutch what was that why do you know how to be like that when a fourth quarter comes along or whatever the hell i asked him yeah. and i was just like i just felt like i was best friends with him in that moment like yeah didn't we win that game bud <laughs> he was amazing and it really was from the third quarter on where I felt like in that third quarter, Morgan, he just came out aggressive. Mm. He didn't score his first points into this game until I believe three minutes into the second quarter. And 
coming off the heels of that game against Memphis where you're like, man, he just wasn't being aggressive enough. You want yeah. to see him go in attack mode. The dude went into attack mode today. And he was knocking down his shots, but man, what a difference. It was kind of refreshing that on a night where the Kings weren't knocking down threes, they didn't get to double digits in threes, which is really rare for this team this year. They end up nine of 32 from three in this game, but it was De'Aaron Fox in attack mode. You got to know that this team can't defend the paint very well and Fox was getting to his spots, attacking the basket. The mid range was just a thing of beauty. Uh! It really was. I, it was, he knew he could get to his spots, but it was how he was finishing every mid range shot, every floater, every time he was getting into the paint. Like it was with so much dominance and confidence that. I never felt like he was taking the wrong shot. His shot selection was beautiful. His team jumped on his back and he said, all right, let's go to the finish line. Just a fantastic job. And we induced, and I know they didn't hit, uh, they hit under 10 threes in this game, but how nice was it even to start that game? You saw the way that they were just pushing the pace and pushing the ball. It wasn't a whole bunch of shots in transition, but it was just like the pace was being pushed and they started hitting those outside shots from the start. And I saw some backdoor cuts. I saw some moving without the ball today. I mean, that was really refreshing to see. I mean, Kevin Herter cutting back doors, Sabonis finding him. And then down the stretch, the Fox Sabonis pick and roll game was a thing of beauty. Uh, but going back to the start of the third quarter, I wrote it down because I just noticed it right away. Fox was coming out really aggressive. And then he had one play where Clarkson's driving on him. A great block by De'Aaron Fox, forcing a turnover. And then he comes down. And takes it strong on a Linux to get the and one. I'm going, okay, this is the Fox you got to see all the time. Now, let's be honest. Fox isn't going to score 37 every night. He's not going to have 22 points in the, in the fourth quarter every night. But I love when he plays with that edge, with that force, right? And he played with that tonight. I mean, I felt like he left it all out there. That set the tone for the Kings. And then the fourth quarter, I, I don't even know what to say. The guy was 9 of 10 shooting. He couldn't be stopped. And then... It got to a point where Utah was such a mess. He had a wide open dunk at one point. Dude, that dunk, that was with so much authority, so much force. The way that he threw that down, it was just one of those plays where I'm like, yep, you've taken a leap in your game. And not just because of that dunk, just like you said, the way that he was playing there in the fourth quarter, 37 points the whole game, but then the 22 points in the fourth. And then Mark Spears tweeted out that, uh, he set a new career high for points in a quarter, surpassing his previous high of 21 points in a third quarter uh, against Atlanta in 2018. Yeah, it was a big-time performance. And how about the dunk? Here's G-Man. By the way, G-Man, sore throat right now. He is fighting through it. I text him. He says he feels fine. He just lost his voice. But here's how G-Man called that Fox dunk late. Utah fans coming out of their seats to their feet. A sellout crowd of 18,200-plus watching Fox drive. The hammer thrown down with a left hand by De'Aaron Fox, as emphatic as it could be. And Fox has had several emphatic jams of late, including a vicious two-hand rip against Kelly Olynyk last Friday night in Sacramento. This time, he just powered from the left wing above the iron, hammered at home, still got 56 and a fraction seconds to go. Timeout taken, 113-109. Man, 
That was big time stuff. And how about G-Man gutting that out? I love seeing G-Man like pushing through. Like you, you talk about just a guy that and, and other guys on the court that can push through pain and injuries. G-Man still making a great call with that type of throat. Someone get that man <laughs> teeth. Yeah, the, the finish of this game was absurd. There's a lot of weird things that happened. That was a great breakdown right there by the Jazz defense that led to that Fox jam. Clarkson gambled, and Fox went, okay, I'm going to go ahead and jam this. Vanderbilt came over, didn't really want to help on it because he didn't want to be on a poster, I guess. I don't know, uh, but Fox scores that. Then you had the weird play where KZ gets called for a foul on the inbound. Clarkson, like... I don't understand how that's a foul. I mean, Clarkson totally backed into him, like put on the brakes. Like KZ, what's he supposed to do in that situation? I I kind of feel like KZ, there's some disrespect when he plays. Like for officials, sometimes they're like, oh, we don't know who this guy is. Oh, we got to call something on this type of play. And it's, I, I don't know. I've noticed, I feel like I've noticed biases more and more throughout this season of the NBA and officiating. Um, not to complain, but just to point it out that it was really annoying. And you know, he got the the defensive player of the game chain, right? Did he? Yeah. That's interesting. He ends up playing seven minutes in this game. Yeah. But I mean, down the stretch, he did play some good defense. I was watching going, he should... He's got to play more. I said it before the game. I'm like, you got to play this guy more because he is long and you've got a ton of guys out there. Like, I mean, marketing is just such a problem and throwing, being able to throw KZ on multiple guys on defense is a very nice thing to have. Um, so good for him for getting that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy for him. And I think that's probably, it's more of probably the concept and the principle of like, Hey, you not only stay ready, you understand your role and you make an impact in one way or another when we do have to put you in there. So really glad to see him um, get treated like that. But also, like you said, bullshit call. <laughs> okay, so Fox's jumper makes it 115-112 with 23.3 to go. Markinen launches a three. Tweet! The Kings foul him. Keegan Murray charged with the foul on the three-point attempt. So Markinen goes to the line to shoot three free throws with 16.1 to go. Morgan Reagan, was that a foul? So initially, I still I still don't know if his if his arm hit his arm. From Markinen's standpoint, that was not shooting motion. You kicked out your leg. That's not a natural shooting motion. That part is the shitty part. But with the arm, I just questioned, did he even nick it? Is that where they're going with it? Um, you just got to be more careful on on a play like that if you're a rookie, if you're Keegan Murray. I and just thought it was such a garbage call. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But at the same time, like, you know how those plays go, especially if it's a close call. The officials, especially depending on who it is, they're going to make that call. It's the most annoying part of today's game in the NBA is if there's even the slightest of contact, these shooters just fall to the ground. They, 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 they're so good at the deception of just putting their leg out just enough. Don't exaggerate it too much because they'll notice it. And there it is. There He goes the line, and he makes all three free throws. 
Now, let's just hear the end of this game. This is a longer clip from the G-Man, but this is when the game goes crazy. He makes all three of his free throws, right? Markinen does. The Kings do have a timeout. They don't elect to use it. 115-114. And he's got it again. So, Kings don't take a timeout. We're tied at 115. 12 seconds to go. Fox walks the dribble across the logo. You know it's going to be Fox or Sabonis. Herter in the left corner. Fox in the perimeter. Four seconds to go. Gotta go. Drives. Scoops. Scores! Four tenths of a second remaining. De'Aaron Fox with 22 in the quarter has given the Kings the lead. Baseball pass. Length of the floor. Markkinen launches. Scores! And, oh my goodness. I think the call on the floor is basket good. They'll review it. As you can well imagine, pandemonium in Salt Lake City. Fox got the bucket with four tenths of a second to go. The baseball pass up the floor. The ruling on the floor, it's just been announced, is a two-point basket, which would give the Jazz a tie if it is confirmed. Kevin Cutler on a headset with the replay center. Ruling on the floor, no the ruling on the floor is no basket. Kings win. He's coughing. He's coughing right now. An unbelievable finish once again. And I apologize because my voice is virtually gone. My poll question was, who was the dog of the game? De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, Keegan, or HB? I'll be honest, I think Fox may have some company. We may have to add G-Man to that. I think G-Man might be the dog of the game. Amen. There's no Amen. How is he going to call the game tomorrow? Deuce, no, honestly, like, how is he going to call the game I, I'll, I'll tomorrow? talk to him. I'll talk to him. Okay. <laughs> may have maybe to go to Jay Ross tomorrow. I was going to say, maybe Jason Ross steps in for tomorrow because, wow, though, good job, G-Man, <laughs> like, following through, finishing off that game, and especially with that type of ending. Like, you, that's what I love about G-Man, you guys, is that not only did he get excited for De'Aaron Fox's amazing take to the basket, but he still showed the excitement as a basketball fan in a possible game winner from Lori Markinen. And no, call was no good. Cough it up, G-Man, and rest that voice. Let's talk about that sequence, too, because there's 16 seconds left. Brown elects not to use a timeout. And Fox was utilizing that clock. There was no, I was surprised they didn't put some pressure on the Kings. It was like, hey, let's just Fox... Let's get Fox down the floor. He had the matchup he liked. He's got Markinen on him, and although Markinen has length, I mean, De'Aaron Fox is looking at him going, that's a bucket, you know? They don't have much rim protection on that team, and he knew he could get to the basket, and, and it, was just a, it was just a great play by Fox. And that's it, Deuce. You saw the way that he was looking at the floor and going, what are my options? I've got a seven-footer that could possibly contest 
a mid-range shot if I take that. This team is not good when it comes to points in the paint. Um, actually, one of the worst teams allowing points in the paint. So I got to take this seven-footer all the way to the rack. That's what he did on the left side. Just an amazing decision. His shot selection throughout was just truly showed off his high IQ play. And that's what I love to see about Fox, the leap he's taken with that part of his game. So he finishes with 37 points on 15 of 22 shooting. He was one of five from three, six of eight from the free throw line. He also had six assists in this game, along with three rebounds for the Kings. And after the game, Mike Brown said, yeah, he he won that game for us. Game by Foxy, I meant... <laughs> He, he he was good, and I, I don't want to praise him too much. And the reason being, I, I'm telling you, that's what that dude's capable of. He he had a big game for us on the road, but I'm telling you, that's that's De'Aaron Fox, and it's great that the league, not just. Not just people in the NBA, but media, fans, uh, they're starting to recognize his greatness. And he's just scratching the surface. He's just scratching the surface. This was one of the first games where he called me off multiple times, especially late. I made a play call. He, he's got the green light to override me. He did it tonight on multiple occasions. Great players don't get tired. Great players make their teammates good. And that's what he did tonight. And he, he came and won the game for us. That's what great players do on the road. Took my hat off to him. Wow. So some high praise from Mike Brown and Morgan, I don't know how much you actually got to hear of it because of our audio setup, but you said all that's De'Aaron Fox, and you did hear it. All of it. What, what do you make of what he had to say? Uh, one, I love that De'Aaron kept calling him off. said, nope, nope. Like, in Mike Brown already having that trust in his guy. You know, there's, there's guys around the league who believe they have it, and they don't. Mike Brown has seen the light with De'Aaron. De'Aaron has seen the light with his game. And the way that he started talking about him as a great player is deserved because he truly has taken so many steps and has evolved as a player to make an impact, not only as an individual, but for an entire squad. I think De'Aaron's still learning who he is. Like, he may not even completely understand it. And you you just hope that games like this help him get to the next level, right? Because that game against Memphis was not his best game, right? And you look, games like that are going to happen. That happens in the NBA season. But he played with a level of force and we've seen that this year. It's not like this is the first game of the season. We've seen that, but the difference I talk about all the time from good to great is doing it consistently. Right. And I think Mike Brown's message there was not only to pump up his guy to the media, but he wants Fox to hear that and wants him to soak that in. Like, 
you're just scratching the surface. You have the talent. Great players don't get tired. Those are all little messages, I think, by a Mike Brown trying to get De'Aaron to understand he is something that's really, he's a special talent in this league, and he can get to the next level. He, Deuce, we've seen him now string enough games together on a consistent basis to be like, oh, he can do this consistently. Now he just needs to do it even, even more, right? Yeah. Like this is his first season of making his outside shot a threat of uh, being that force that you wanted to see when he could be explosive uh, going to the basket, being the defender that we knew he could be. Now he's, started to see some of those games consistently together. Now, when he can just make it where it's an entire season of it, and people will identify him as that type of player. Well, his teammate, Amon Sabonis, was a monster in this game. Again, that's a bonus. Just gives you a quiet 21-14-8. Anyway, here's what he had to say uh, after the Kings win in Salt Lake City, Utah, Morgan. Uh, he's amazing. You know, um, fourth quarter is his quarter. I kept telling him, he's, he started off the fourth quarter. We need you. We need you. Turn up. Turn up. And uh, my job is to get him open. You know, um, he knocked down a couple of mid, mid, mid ranges. Then got, he's so fast. Then he just laid up the game winner. You know, um, he's making the right reads. Once I saw that confidence, he was like, you go there, you go there. I was like, oh, it's over. We won. Even Sabonis, Morgan. Even Sabonis. It's the same thing. You got Mike Brown coaching him on the sidelines trying to get his confidence to stay up, to try to challenge him to fight through things. Fox hasn't had to play for anything recently, right? You know what I mean? The, the Kings have been a bad team. Perspective. Mm -hmm. The Kings are sitting at 20 and 16 after 36 games. They didn't win their 20th game last season until February 5th when they improved to 20 and 35. That was what? Why are you bringing up old shit? My point is he's playing some meaningful games, and it, it, it takes a different level to close out games on the road. You know, he, he helped them come back in that game at Orlando. Orlando's a young team, uh -huh. not a really good team. They've got some young talent. No one confuses Orlando as some hostile environment on the road. Salt Lake City in Thank Utah? You. Not an easy place to win in a close game. And he went and said, I'm getting to my spots. He's waving off Mike Brown. Oh, Mike Brown wants a timeout? No, nah, no, nah, we got this. Sabonis trusting him. Sabonis and Fox going, we're going pick and roll here. You know, that that's what I love too late. And the Kings don't run a lot of pick and roll throughout a game. They, they really wanted to get this motion offense in and get, get the ball moving around. But late in the game, Fox a bonus pick and roll because who's going to stop it, you know, in this matchup? Now, some other teams might be able to, no doubt about it. But in this matchup, when Fox is playing like this against this team, easy money. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. And I think the understanding of that as a team was truly there. And everybody was willing to make sure that they were being that they were put into the right places too to be there for their teammates. Why do you think you saw so much off ball movement, right? Guys cutting without the basketball, slashing through the paint because the understanding to relocate was there and not just along the perimeter. It was to be in the paint some way somehow and to make those two look even better as well.
Talked a lot of De'Aaron Fox, but I feel like that's a story. Is there anything else we should be talking about when it comes to Fox today? Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, no, I, 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 I just, I just love that he turned it on and really, really keeps showing in moments like this when they need to respond after a team goes on runs or after a team has like the energy and the momentum of their home court. He keeps showing up in these big moments. And I think people like just go, that's what you're supposed to do. No, 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 no. Like Mike Brown said, that's what great players do. And that's what he's starting to do more and more and more consistently. Let's give some love to the people watching us live late on a Tuesday night. Appreciate you guys being up with us. If you're in the YouTube chat, like Nick and our guy, Steven Brown, Joe, Kevin, appreciate you being here. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure to subscribe. If you hit that thumbs up button, all it does is help our channel grow. So more and more Kings and NBA fans around the world can see it. It shows up in their recommendations. It goes a long way in helping our channel grow. We just surpassed 9,000 subs like last week. We're on the path to 10,000 subs. So click the subscribe button. Also, we got to give some Twitch love. We don't do a lot of Twitch love. We will give some love to the people like Kessie and Dr. Nesto who are always there. The Game 916, Hamburger Dad. Uh, who else am I forgetting? We got Libra 44. Appreciate you guys being here in Reindeer. Appreciate everyone being here on Night Chats. Thanks, party people. Um, next guy we got to talk about, Morgan. Is there mm-hmm. someone else on your list? The next one on my list? Yeah, do you have one on your list? I mean, I've got a few, but we can go Sabonis. Dude's, dude's a beast. And he was getting beat up tonight like usual. I thought the official swallowed their whistles a few times when Olenek is just... I think Olenek was actually punching his kidney at one point. Yes. Yeah, do you see those kidney shots? He was. He literally would look at it like this and go like this. You know, like Kill Bill when she's yeah. in the buried underground. I, yeah, I've never seen that movie, but yeah, for sure, oh. for sure. Should God. I see that movie? Yes, Deuce. There's lots of movies that you should see, but we're not going to get into this right now. But yes, that was Kelly Olenek punching Sabonis in the kidney. It was BS. But again, Sabonis is not human and can take these punches. And on top of that, Deuce, how good at times did he look dribbling the basketball with little nice spin moves in the paint? His footwork, his finesse. 20, 21 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists in this game. He did on 8 of 13 shooting. He started the game 7 of 7. And remember, he was 12 uh, or no, wait. Seven of seven in this game or five of five? I no, he was he started the game five of five tonight. So at one point, he had hit 17 for 17 against the Jazz in the last two games before his first miss. Pretty incredible. That's really I love that stat. I thought that was super fun. He was just, I mean, like we said, was playing perfectly on so many levels in the paint, understanding how dominant he could be in the paint. But then, but then when he's not in the paint, Deuce, he grabs a rebound, does a little bust out and goes, pushes the pace. All the, all the guys understand the motion offense, work off of him, the dribble handoffs with him Mm. right away. The offense just starts flowing. It is beautiful 
freaking basketball. Who would have thought points of bonus was exactly what you needed to see? My guy KO in the chat was referencing one of my favorite plays in the game, and that was when Sabonis threw a beautiful pass, and somehow Keegan Murray caught it with one hand, scored a count the basket. G-Man, how'd that sound? Keegan Murray has the rebound, gives to Sabonis, jogs the dribble, already at the top of the arc, feeds it inside to Keegan. He's fouled, and what a magical play! The ball was out of his grasp. He got one hand up there, sensing contact, and somehow he got his right hand on it, controlled it, and flipped it and scored it all in one motion. That is a genuine highlight right there. And now he gets an and one opportunity. That was sweet. Yeah, and great call again by G-Man. But yeah, that was just, again, the finesse of the pass to Keegan's timing to being able to finish it. It's, there's just so many beautiful things that come from Sabonis starting the offense, pushing the ball, um, communicating with his guys. He does it on such a different level. Like, I know when we think of guys verbally communicating, we think of leadership, but he does it with his game too, his movements, his motions, his body language. I talk about a guy that's just taking his game to another level as well. It's fun to see it right here in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah, we're really slobbering all over Sabonis again, which I I can do almost every podcast because he's playing that great. And you're right. I just think his leadership is just, it goes a long, long way for this team. This team is not perfect. McNair is going to have to do some things at the deadline. We we talked last podcast about the weaknesses that get exposed. And, you know, Utah is a team that you don't really see those as much. But that third quarter for Sacramento, too, you know, they faced some adversity in this game, and it, it was getting out of hand with the turnovers in this game. Because I, I, that's the other thing. I felt like Sacramento had this game, and they probably should have won by 12 to 15 points. And part of that was because I felt like they had too many self-inflicted wounds. There were too many just sloppy turnovers, and Utah was scoring off all the turnovers. The stat I had in the third quarter, Morgan, that was really bad, that got Utah back in this game were turnovers and second chance points mm -hmm. in the third quarter. The Kings had seven turnovers that turned into 12 points in the quarter. And then Utah had 14 second chance points in the third quarter. So it was just, uh, and that was concerning because you're thinking, okay, well they had the lead. It seems like some of the same things that were happening against Memphis are happening tonight on the night. Uh, second chance points were 24-10 at Utah. Uh, Kings did get him points in the paint. Offensive rebounding, uh, it was uh, Utah had 12. Sacramento was 7. The other thing, Kings had 18 turnovers in the game. It turned into 27 points for the Jazz. Utah had 16 turnovers. It only turned into 6 points. So, last couple of games, they have not been able to capitalize, and that that's kind of been an issue. Kind of going off of what you're saying about the offensive rebounds and the second chance opportunities, uh, my guy Nick Avila sent me this stat during the game. And so this is prior to the Grizzlies game, okay? King's first 34 games this season, they were fourth best in the NBA, allowing just 9.2 offensive rebounds to opponents. So you saw the last two games. It's been a little bit more of a struggle. Let's not make this a habit, right? Like I know when you're playing bigger teams, um, there's going to be 
that difficulty at times, but you've got to make sure you're finding a fundamental way to stop it. Does that mean that you're putting more pressure on one guy when you're going for a box out? Uh, does that mean that every single guy is coming from a different angle at a rebound? Whatever it is, you just, you got to make sure to do a better job because you can't allow second chance opportunities to kill you like that because it's a momentum shift too. The other rough area for Sacramento tonight was bench scoring. They got really nothing from their bench. Yeah. They got a total of eight points. And tomorrow, they're back at home to take on the Hawks. Sabonis played 38 minutes. Fox, just under 38 minutes. They rode the starters heavy minutes. 37 for Keegan. 37 for Barnes. 32 for Herter, who was questionable headed into the game. They're going to need their bench in a big way. And, you know, you wonder, too, if this is going to be a chance for maybe Terrence Davis to get some run again. I was actually surprised they didn't give him some love in this game tonight because Malik Monk came into the game questionable with shoulder soreness, and he didn't look like himself. He hasn't looked like himself the last couple of games at times. He's, I think he's a little banged up right now. I know guys want to fight through it, but, I mean, Terrence has shown at times he can help you. And if you need a little boost off the bench, go to a guy who can get sneaky hot. Yeah, it's I think about it. When we were talking about Rashawn Holmes, I mean, we keep talking about it, Rashawn Holmes, and trying to trust him and find his way. And he will show flashes with the little bit of minutes that he does play. Terrence Davis has shown far bigger flashes. He has had to start this season because of injuries. Um, he has shown a big game on national television. Like he he has proven some parts of his game. So it is always interesting to me, like what's going on behind the scenes to not give him that trust anymore and find him out of the rotation. Like he is same thing with Chemezi Metu. Um, I trust what Mike Brown and the squad is trying to do, but I agree when it's a second night of a back-to-back -back like this and you just called off all those minutes, you got to make sure that you're using some fresh legs. The last time they played the Hawks was also on a back-to-back. -back. Yeah, and it remember? was, uh, yeah, I'll never forget it because it, it was our first like time. Shit. It was our first time hosting together on NBC Sports California and the Kings could not make a shot. Yes. So with Davis too, in the last seven games, he has played a total of like five and a half minutes. Mm. So, and look, we, we've seen at times this year where Metsu's playing, now he's not playing. Lyle's playing, then he's not playing, then he's playing. You know, it's just, he's not afraid to mix things up and you can only play so many guys. I just think that's when you have to lean on the depth you do have and maybe tomorrow's a good chance to see if you can get something going with, with Davis coming off the bench going back to tonight I, I we, we talked Fox a bonus I thought Keegan had some really nice moments tonight he did some nice things defensively knocked down his shot it, with Keegan it seems like every other game is like hey great game oh can't shoot great game can't shoot great game today he looked really strong for Sacramento on the night he ended up playing 37 minutes he had 16 points he had five rebounds six of 12 shooting and knocked down three of seven from downtown. What do you see from Keegan? I saw the Western Conference Rookie of the Month playing <sighs> out there tonight. I loved what we saw. Obviously hitting some of those outside shots. 
it's huge. You can you can tell that helps with his confidence. I mean, that would help with anyone's confidence, but he's a rookie, so you still want to make sure that you're seeing that. And then you're seeing him with a chase down block on one end. Oh, that chase down block was so sweet, and they didn't convert on the other end. I know, I know, but screw that. We're talking about the chase down block. So they chase down the block, and then on top of that, diving on the floor with Markinen, getting that Stop, uh, stop, 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 burn. stop. He dove on the floor, and they called a jump ball in one-tenth of a second. What? Correct. Why are we calling jump balls so fast? They dove. They didn't even give the guy a chance. Didn't, was it Markinen diving with him? I can't remember. I think it, it was, was. Markinen. Yeah. Why was that a jump ball? And by um, the way, Kenyon's the guy who dove on the floor. He gets the ball. It's King's ball. Let's go. Instead, they jump it up. Markinen jumped I was pissed. Too. Marketing jumped too, and I'm really glad that Sabonis didn't jump on the floor because at that point he had the five fouls. Um, but when Keegan went to the floor and did that, I appreciated the hustle. But at the same time, I think to answer your question, I think officials are like worried maybe about guys tying it up, being on the ground and everything. But it's don't worry, allow guys to ruffle up a little bit. The ball was gonna go somewhere else anyway, the ball was about to jump out of their hands anyway, so it wouldn't even have been a jump ball, just a loose ball somewhere else. <clears throat> I almost joked like, gee, man. <coughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> oh. Excuse me. Uh, we have a, a long time. He's now retired, but he officiated college basketball at a high level, high school basketball at a high level. It's a long time listener of the radio old radio show and the podcast. And he's in our Discord all the time. I would love to just pick his brain on this because he's in our Discord type in sometime. I would love at some point we should try to get him on because I think the state of NBA officiating is worth talking about. And I need to make it clear when we go live after games and we're talking about officiating, I'm not just saying, oh, the Kings were the team that suffered from the officiating. No, it's it's just bad this year. And you turn on any NBA game, it's there's not a game that goes by that you're going. What was that? And it's not like, oh, ticky-tack stuff. That's like, oh, you get how you miss that. That's tough. There's just stuff that you're going, you, that's an awful call. Like, how do you miss that? How do you miss late in that last time the Kings played the Jazz, Trey Lyles was out of bounds, right? When he, how do you miss that? Everyone in the arena saw that. Tonight, Fox gets fouled, no call. Then he's out of bounds, no call. Kicks it to Keegan for three. That's a big swing, you know, that was, jump ball I just referenced. It's like, how, these are things that can't be missed at this level. When there's three officials and then, like, there's an obvious travel, too, and then no one calls it. I think there was one Sabonis maybe had traveled and no, and then nobody called it. Fox Again, Fox was in the second row. I think he was eating popcorn before he threw the ball to Keegan. He had the ball in yeah. one hand, eating popcorn with the other then decided to throw it did, to did, did he grab a little beer too on the like i think he took a little swig of beer and then he threw it and then all the officials the like, three it's good yep all the above deuce everything a little dramatic but all the above it's okay <sighs> just it, it just irritates me anyway I we I, I sorry this whole thing was off of keegan diving on the ball for that loose ball and then i went on a rent a ref rant circling back to Keegan yeah he's just looking more and more comfortable and I think that what excites me today I just felt like it wasn't just him floating around on the outside the guy's battling through a hand injury he's playing he's hitting some shots from the outside but he had a nice strong drive and hit a mid-range shot today and then he had that chase down block he's rebounding a little better I'm seeing more and more signs of 
oh, this guy could be something for the Kings. Um, and not only that, whenever I see him out there trying to contest a shot, his verticality really can make an impact. There's times where he gets too low, too deep under the basket, and he still stays vertical, which is great. No foul. But there's other times where that verticality, because he is a longer guy, just truly contests a shot, makes an impact on the defensive end. Um, I I love that it's he's just a freaking rookie. HB has some big shots tonight, too. He ends up oh. with uh, 19 points. He also had eight rebounds, two steals, seven of 13 shooting. We kind of s- just skipped over what happened in the first quarter. The Kings were down 14 to 10, which is not much, but then they ended on a 21 to three run. But anyway, I thought Harrison Barnes played really well for the Kings. He did. And he started off by hitting some of his shots um, early on in transition, you know, from three, just when he's knocking those down as well, it's a confidence factor for him, but I think it is for the entire team. It's like everyone vibes off that type of flow. He finished with those eight rebounds, like you were saying, and those rebounds that he gets in these games, even when he's not scoring, they're those big moment rebounds. So when Sabonis is too busy boxing someone else and you got your guards working on everyone else, Harrison Barnes is there to get that awkward rebound, the one that tips off somewhere weird. He just gets that extra reach. Just a guy that is truly making an impact in so many different categories. De'Aaron Fox, by the way, his minutes continue to go up. I was kind of looking at things while you were talking about that because he played 37 minutes tonight God, he's really playing a lot more minutes, and I wonder if they, they had to talk about that. I think Fox can give him more, so I'm glad the, the minutes are up for him. Same with I Sab- agree. And Sabonis' minutes are up. I don't want Sabonis playing 40, but... No. Deuce, it's, it's one of those things that we keep talking about with... You saw what happened with the Warriors and the Celtics last season, and there was one team that was better conditioned. Obviously they have more experience. They have, you know, guys like Steph Curry there, but they were, there's more conditioning when it came to their squad for Boston. It's like, you got to look at that and go, Oh, we just need to make sure that our legs can handle this deep in the season can handle all these minutes, all these runs. We're still young. We can do that. When I look at De'Aaron Fox and a lot of these guys on this King squad, I think that same thing. I'm not comparing them to being in the finals and being able to do that. I'm just saying you have to make sure that you are conditioned on a whole nother level so then you can play these minutes night in and night out because there are guys in this league that can. I'm I'm really interested to see. Man, I know we, we're a ways away. I could save it. I was just going to talk about, like, you know, you you watch that Memphis game and you you see the clear issues with the Kings and their size, you know. It's like you got Sabonis. Rashawn just tonight was not a good night for him at all. And the Kings still have a problem with the backup spot. They just have a problem with, like, size in general, size that they're willing to play. Like, Alex Lyon is not playing. Dude, okay. And- I mean, and, that, and to me, like, isn't that the biggest indictment on where the Kings are at? Like, if you do have Alex Lynn on your roster – and you have a problem rebounding at like you're not even playing him. Metsu's not playing. Rashawn's Kata is not playing. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. 
Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. It's clear they have to upgrade that. I'm just very interested to see how they maneuver and, and do it because it's a clear need. Like, I'm watching Vanderbilt today. I'm like, God, no wonder why so many people want Vanderbilt on this team. The guy crashes the glass. He's tough. He could defend. Offense isn't great, but you got buckets against the Kings in the first half. But, man, you, you just look at someone like that and go, oh, he'd be perfect. Yeah, and I, I, I get it. Like, you, you look at guys that are even some bigger wings around the league and – and you go, oh, you need that at times. Like there's flaws exposed in so many parts of this Kings roster at times. But at the same time, they've only started really being able to build. They finally did something last year and make a risky trade good for good. And it's turned out great in their favor. And it's actually turned out great so far for the other team that they made the trade with as well. And like, those things just those adjustments need to keep happening i think sometimes too as a sports fan when you see your team starting to elevate and take their game to the next level you're always going to then have different expectations of what they need to do next what needs to change next and i think with the kings we already seen how much their flaws have been exposed and where they need to improve how they do it when they do it I don't know, but they know it's there too. One note that James Ham had at the Kings beat in his latest um, email that was sent out was talking about something we haven't even mentioned, but something that's a week from today. Um, that's when the Kings have a decision to make on Kaziak Paula, on Matthew Della Vadova, and on Chima Moneki. Because January 10th, those deals become guaranteed. So, you know, I don't know what the Kings are going to do there, but I was just thinking about Chima Moneki. And, you know, we, we, we've had the chance to see him in Stockton, and he's been putting up some nice numbers. He's near the top of the G League in rebounding, right? I mean, in the Showcase Cup play, the first 16 games, and I, I don't know what the latest updates are, but he was top five in rebounding at one point second, 11 rebounds a game. Yeah. He's 6'6", I get that, but he does have a toughness and a nose for the ball. Like, 
I don't know. Like he, he's on your team. He's literally on your roster. I, I'm curious if that's something they could consider. I don't know. I, I just hope that they're they're tuned in with what's happening in Stockton. If they feel like he can help, like bring him back to Sacramento. The guy's on your roster right now. Let's well, you have a need for someone that's going to play, get the hustle plays right. Who has a nose for rebounding? He was he was recalled to Sacramento. You know you saw him there tonight. And yeah. Well, and, and yeah, they were playing a game in Salt Lake City the other day too. The Stockton yeah. Kings. No, and, and I guess with him too, you talk about his nose for the ball. Truly elite timing. Just understands how to out hustle people for a rebound, timing wise, everything. Um, there's so many other parts of his game that are still raw. But because he understands how to move without the basketball on the offensive end, how to grab a rebound on the defensive and offensive end. Plays with an uh, edge. Yeah, plays with – it's a nonstop motor too. Uh, beautiful energy. I mean, what a soul that man has. Just a positive human being that has the one of the most fantastic perspective, perspectives. I love that guy. Like, truly – uh, but I also understand. I understand. I understand because there is still so much uh, of a rawness to his game when it comes to the NBA level. I understand why there might be some sure. hesitation there. And so, I'm not even saying to play like significant minutes or anything like that. No. I'm just. I'm just. I'm searching right now, right? Based on not making any trades, trade deadline's not for another month. I'm just wondering well, what their thought process is with him, especially when. You know, he's got a, a guarantee in his deal that kicks in January 10th. Like, have they seen enough to justify keeping him around, too? So, it's going to be interesting. You know, the Kings also brought Trey Burke to their Stockton, their, their G League team. Are they keeping an eye on him to see? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what else did I want to hit tonight? Well, let's look ahead, Morgan. It's a quick turnaround. The Kings play the Hawks tomorrow night. A Hawks team that lost to the Warriors last night in a crazy-ass game. I don't know how the Warriors won that game. But shout out to Clay Thompson. Just to be clear, too, I know you guys are seeing Morgan drink out of a, a carton. She is not drinking milk at this hour. It's boxed water. And you claim, just to be clear, you claim you can taste the difference. Mm-hmm. It between, it's, it's still good. If I if we had a whole bunch of water bottles lined up, you had a blindfold on. You had a box water in a glass. You had Arrowhead. You had, oh. you had Dasani. You had Crystal Geyser. You had Nestle. Ugh. Nestle. Ugh. People say this stuff. To me, it's water. Nah. If, if, I, I, can, if I, I put hose water in your cut, would you oh, be able, yeah. you would be would able be, to tell? Absolutely. How? Let's How? What do you mean? You can totally taste like there. there's a different bite to it at the end. What do it's, you mean? But it's, it's at the end of the day, it's water. It's like working. It's hydrating you. I mean, are, do you really get disgusted? I could see like... Oh, I, I get nauseous with Arrowhead water. How? I don't know. Ask my body. So you're telling me if like you were really thirsty and there was an Arrowhead, you'd be like, I don't think I can drink it. I plug my nose and drink it. And it still tastes like... This is the most dramatic thing I have ever heard in my life. Ever I would drink it. Life. I mean, what do you want? You would what do you plug your nose. Yeah. What, what, why? Let's, let's do a test in the off season. You know, you know what I'm drinking tonight? Tap. 
straight from the tap. I drink tap water. There's tap water is better than Arrowhead water, and Arrowhead is in plastic bottles. I don't think I could tell the difference. Because you're gross, Deuce. You're gross, and okay, you, you have no a, taste. A lot of people are saying um, you're right about Arrowhead. I know I'm right, and I they're right too. <sighs> you guys are killing me. Come on now. I don't think it's good for you, though, to drink tap water, even though I drink tap water, too. Okay, if we're getting to the point where you go, it's not good to drink tap water, I mean, come on. I'm drinking water. I'm drink I drink water all the time. Can I just get love? I have to drink a certain type of water now. No, but I'm... And someone said Mo only drinks Voss water. I honestly, if I was rich, I would totally stack, like, my fridge with Voss water. There's, like, certain spring water Voss? that's actually really good for What is Voss skin. water? It's just, like, in glass and, like, fancy rich people Oh, drink. God, that is so cringe. I would love to drink fancy rich you water. You would but... stock your fridge with Vo a, a brand called Voss water. Vase or... water? It's vase. Whatever. You're, you're drinking vase water. Like, they, just... they, they take the old flowers out, they pour it into a fancy bottle and put it in your fridge. You drink that. Mm -hmm. My sister, because she had to deal with acne growing up, she she went to like skin specialist people in her adult life, and they were telling her to drink a certain water, a spring water, because it's much better for your skin. And it was like the first time ever in her life that her skin cleared up. So, you know what water is really good? Liquid Death, sparkling water. Oh, so good! I well, wish they would sponsor us. All this talk is making me thirsty for wins on the King's homestand. Hi, I'm Deuce Mason. King's yeah. homestand coming up starts tomorrow night against the Hawks team that just lost to the Warriors last night in overtime, a game they should have won. It's a Hawks team that is absolutely dysfunctional right now. Reports about Trey Young being unhappy. Remember, he missed a game. The Murray Young fit hasn't been clean. They've been trying, trying to trade John Collins for, I think, since they got him. I think right when they got him, they're like, hey, can we trade him? We'll give him a, an extension. Let's trade him. Um, Nate McMillan, there's been reports that he thought about resigning at one point and they have lost four in a row. So with all that said, the Kings have lost to this team before. I just look at this homestand coming up, Morgan. This is a take care of business homestand. It's a five game homestand. All five teams the Kings face on this homestand are below 500. We're talking about the Hawks tomorrow night. Then you got the Lakers. You've got Orlando coming to town. And then you have two home games in a row against the Houston Rockets. Also, if you want to extend this out, the next eight games are against teams below 500. If you want to extend it out more, including this game, that's nine games against teams below 500. The Kings do have the second best record in the NBA against teams below 500 at 11 and 3 after beating the Jazz tonight. Um great stuff. This is um this is a good opportunity for the Kings and this is not one where you can go well, I mean, you lost you lost uh, to the Rockets once and you lost to Orlando and but no, you can't have it. This is when you build on it. This is the time of the year after this homestand Morgan. The Kings are at the halfway point of their season. This wow. is this is again real now. This really starts to matter. And th this is going to be, to me, very interesting tomorrow night because of the minutes that Fox played, the minutes these starters played. This is a test for Fox, right? Fox, you play great on the road, but we need you again tomorrow night. We, don't, we can't have a 16-point night on 5 of 17. 
going to need you to get us 22. And if we need more in the fourth quarter, you got to really push it. You done? Yeah, Man, just sorry. You just went on like a tangent for that. I, I'm just setting you up. I'm just <laughs> react to me, Morgan. I just cut a promo. Uh, no, but but seriously, you're you're not wrong. I mean, you look at what you're saying about these teams. I loved your stat about what they've been doing against teams with worse records in this league, and. You're on your home floor. Mm. We've talked about protecting home court so many times. There's so many things in their favor when they're on their home floor. I think the only thing that they need to make sure that they have right is their mindset. Mindset is everything when you're going up against teams like this. And I think one of the hardest games is going to be that second game against the Rockets because playing a team twice, whether it's back-to-back or right next to each other, truly, it's just, no, my point to it, Deuce, my point to it, it's teams make adjustments. This is the NBA. This is professional basketball. Teams will still make adjustments. Didn't, who had, no, that was OKC in Boston tonight. I was like, there was a weird one tonight, and I, um, OKC ended yeah, up with No, that. OKC, this, they put 150 Yep. On the Celtics tonight. And yeah. you're right. It, that's the thing. We always that's point to point. you can't. This, this this stuff does happen in the NBA. But you got to take care of business. And tomorrow night is like as, as dysfunctional as the Hawks are right now. They're mm-hmm. also really talented. You know, you have guys on that team like Trey Young. You've got Murray. Yes. You've got Collins. Okongwu as a shot blocker. You've got Bogey oh, uh- making his return. I need a red velvet revenge game. We didn't get that the, the last time the Kings faced the Hawks in Atlanta, but you're right. It's the second I have a back-to-back. They're coming off a loss against the Warriors who were shorthanded, playing without Wiggins and Curry. Clay went off on them. It's an important game for them. So it's not going to be easy at all. No, they got big, big second play above the rim, and they know how to play make on this mm. squad. And it's like we've talked about the time of dysfunction with this team, but there's also times that they know how to – bring it together and find a way to win the will to win. So Trey young dropped 30 the or last night on uh, the warriors. Like he's going to Dude, get hit. What but were they when doing? Other guys start getting theirs. That's when it gets scary. What, what were they doing late in the game? There's like one possession late in overtime where like Trey's got the ball. The spacing's completely off a dish to Murray. Murray doesn't want it. Gives it to Collins and he gets like stripped. It's just a weird team. And I guess that makes sense. Like when your best player and your coach don't vibe and John Collins has thought about getting traded for the last two years and then you lose games, it's going to get weird. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. So I think this is an important homestand. It's not going to be easy. Nothing is easy at this point. No, in the NBA, it's not going to be easy. I need, I need to ask you this. Yeah. Not a prediction, but if I a five game homestand, Atlanta, the Lakers, Orlando, and then two against Houston, bare minimum win total that you find acceptable. Three. Oh, you, you just, you're disgusting. Three. Disgusting. How is that? Four. With, within a, four. Within a five-game span? You're at... Fine. Morgan. Th- you got to win I'm not... Th- there is no wrong or right answer. No, three is wrong. The chat will agree with me on this. 
The of live chat will agree will, with me. Because Three. we all we're all greedy ass mother effers <laughs> and we want lots of wins. Like I get it, but like I'm just being realistic. I need four. Okay. If I get three, we're oh. I asked Kenny tonight on live television and he wouldn't even give me a prediction. So, he thought I was like trying to like set him up to fail. And I'm like, Kenny, no, you're good, man. You know what's <laughs> bad? I say four, but I am nervous about three of them. That's as you should be. I'm nervous about tomorrow night because Atlanta does have talent and you're in the second half of back to back. Yeah. The Lakers, I mean, sorry, LeBron is dropping 40 bomb. The guy turns 38 and he's like, let me just score 40. They're a little healthier now. Last time they were here, they had like nobody in LeBron. They pulled, didn't they pull one Lakers fan out of the stands and they let him play for like two minutes? You're an idiot. So like Austin Reeves is back. Westbrook is back. AD still out, but mm -hmm. it's LeBron. Like I'm sorry, I get, I, I worry about LeBron. He can win the game. You should, you should. Orlando, I, the the thing that worries me about them is just that they, they got that weird size. And you saw the Kings were down 17 to them earlier this year in Orlando. Fox had to hit the game winner. And then the yeah. last one. In no, those are the three. Team. Yeah, they've got the size. So yeah, it's, cra it's crazy for as happy as I am that they're 20 and 16. The nerves are still here about like, all right, this is going to be tough. I felt shaky. I felt shaky after that win tonight. Like, because I thought at first when I thought marketing hit it and I was like, no shit, they, they lost this one. No way. Like, how did this happen? Like I was, I was grabbing Kenny's shoulder. Just like, like I was at a funeral. Just was, was he awake? Was he watching or? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was watching. Was he sweating? No, but I I was like, how are you not sweating right now? I said that to him because I was like so excited. And oh, he was like, man. what do you mean? I'm good. And I'm like, I know. Our guy Digital Henry in the chat says good parody in the NBA right now. Um, Yeah, it's, I say it every night, but, you know, you look at, I turn on games. Uh, I, you know, when the Kings aren't playing, my night is on the NBA app bouncing from game to game to game. All right, what do I want to go do next? Let's check in with this. Watching what Donovan Mitchell did last night, dropping 71 points in overtime, taking over that game. The way that game even went to overtime, insane. But then even tonight, we mentioned it. OKC was 150 on the Boston Celtics without Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the lineup. You yeah. know, you Minnesota, lifeless Minnesota, beats Denver last night. There's so much talent in this league, and then we're seeing... So many 50-point games. Giannis scored 55 tonight. He scored 55. This is off the heels of what we saw last night with Clay getting, what, 52? And Mitchell at 71? We've had 14 players this season score 50 or more points in the game. It's on pace to be the most we have seen since the 60s, Morgan. Kevin O'Connor had this today. It's on pace for the most since the 1962-63 season where there was 34 games of 50-plus. Wilt had 30 of them, <laughs> and Elgin Baylor had four. Wilt Chamberlain had 30 of them. But my point is, every night, and I see some NBA fans go, well, it's, it's because of the defense. The league is so soft. It's like, you know what? It's Sure, the, the, the game is officiated differently, but, dude, give credit to the young talent in this league. We have so much young talent that 
these, freakish. These kids in high school are hitting shots that are unheard of. The handles these kids have. The IQ is through the roof. They grew up playing video games. They understand it. They're watching games left and right. They have so much exposure to this game. And to witness what we're seeing is this evolution where it's fascinating to see all this talent. I mean, the the skill level is at another level. And that's a huge reason why you're seeing guys score as much as they do. No, that's exactly it. And it's so cool, too, because I've seen some highlights of some women's high school hoops. And it's just like there's some women out here that have taken a huge leap for women's basketball, right? Like you're seeing that side of the game as well just play on a different level. So, of course, men's basketball that has been around at such a high level for so long is going to take a leap. And especially with these individuals, it's just going to get crazier and crazier. And I know some people are always going to be like, purists are going to be like, well, it has to be this, or it has to be that. No guys are playing faster. Guys are playing stronger and competing and training differently. just at the highest level that we've ever seen before. So things are just going to keep changing. It's fun. It's fun to see how it goes. And and we were talking about 50-point games. The one guy I want to give some love real fast, Clay Thompson, with that game against the Hawks, scored 52. I'm happy for him. He may not be the guy he was pre-injury, but he's playing better and better. And when you look at the fact that the Warriors have not lost since Christmas, and that is without Steph Curry in the lineup, that's with Wiggins banged up. That's shocking to me. And their wins aren't like joke wins. They beat Memphis. They beat the Hornets, who are bad. They beat the Jazz. They beat the Blazers. And then they beat the Hawks. So they did that without Curry and Wiggins. And at times, they've looked just dreadful without Curry. So credit to Clay for stepping up. It's just cool to see. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, can I, let's see if, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this guy, but uh, Ross is here to check in with us on Night Chat. Ross, how are you doing, man? What's up, y'all? How you guys been? Oh, man, we've been good. Long time, no chat, man. Yeah, um, yeah, there is so much talent in the NBA right now. Kind of like, I feel like six, seven, eight years ago, there was a turning point. It was probably like the worst seven, eight-year stretch of basketball players for a while. Seemed like everybody was playing ISO, and they were all kind of buddy-buddy. And then um, just huge draft class came out, and they just all had a chip on their shoulder. There was no more, like, we're all friends. It was like, I'm trying to embarrass you, and the league is just on another level right now. But Dude, um, dude it's so fun to watch. And real fast, I, I just want to – hey, Morgan, I know you need to hit the road. So, Morgan, <laughs> she's still in San Francisco right now. So, why don't you go ahead and st- start your trek back to Sacramento? I'm going to – I'm gonna, ch- I'll chat with the people, I, including No, Ross. I appreciate that. I'm going to listen on the all way right. home. So, get some good calls, guys. All right, yeah, bring them in. If you want to hop in, go to Twitter Spaces and join us. All right, so we'll, we'll keep it going here. Um Anyway, Ross, yeah, the, the talent is just absurd right now. Uh, do you have anything on uh, tonight's game? What do you see? Um, well, yeah, first of all, man, I appreciate you guys. You and Morgan are, like, doing great at the G League uh, thing that you got to go do. Just super happy for you all, and you guys earned it, so appreciate you. Um, but game tonight, um, it's just beautiful, man. We just – this team is not phased at all at any point, like whether we're down 10 or – 
we struggle a little bit with a lead, but I think most teams in the NBA do right now. But the most impressive to me is when they had a like few point lead and then they go down six or seven. Like in, in years past, it would be hero ball and just immediately get away from the fundamentals. And I can't think of even a few possessions in a row where it was like hero ball, maybe some monk possessions because that's just his style. But right. just the discipline of this team is incredible, man. Yeah, it, they do fall into some bad habits sometimes, but you're right. You do see growth, and, you know, I, I I enjoy seeing them do this on the road because, you know, we, we all dig when they do this at home where they grind it out. It's exciting. The place is going nuts like it has been. Like that last game against Utah was absurd. It was a, just a great basketball game. You know, I'm listening to Will Hardy after the game talk about it, and he's like, yeah, I mean, if you're a basketball fan, you'd love watching tonight's game. That's fun, but man, being able to find ways to win on the road when that crowd's on top of you, when it's getting hot, you know, it's closing time. That's when you learn a lot about a team. And so and you also have to acknowledge like the Jazz needed a win. They have now lost five in a row. And after their 10 and three start, I think they're nine and 18. So they've really kind of fallen apart here, but it was also a team that has talent. You know, you, you see it with marketing. So it was just such a good way to to get a win, to come back after a brief two-game road trip and, and split it. Yeah, them being able to, uh, you know, get a, this Denver win and then the two Utah wins, I was, like, just thinking, okay, let's try and stay afloat and then we get this easy stretch, but they uh, they took advantage. Um, one thing I was curious about, both your guys' opinion, but I'm curious yours, um, was your thoughts on KZ? I really like his game, and I checked his stats tonight. He had seven minutes, zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, but it felt like like when he was in the game, it was great minutes. I didn't ever feel like it was terrible, and I think if you leave him on the floor with uh, Domas, that Domas' offensive game is so strong, you can really get away with, you know, um, KZ just either being a cutter or not taking a shot in the possession, but I was curious your thoughts on KZ overall. Yeah, I mean, I, I the the biggest thing with him, he picks up a lot of fouls. And I don't know, you know, it's tough. He's not playing a lot, right? So you want to come in, you want to make an impact. You want to come in there and be like, hey, my, Mike Brown wants me to come in and play defense, so I'm going to come and be aggressive. That's what they want out of him. But if he's going to try to carve out his role on this team and be a consistent member of the rotation, it's going to be able to, he's got to defend without fouling because you, you do see the moments where you're like, damn, his defense was great there. He's long. He gets deflections. He can create something offensively. It could be a challenge, but he doesn't, he also doesn't try to do too much. You know, I thought the one he'd even take a shot tonight in the one where Sabonis kicked it out to him. When Sabonis should have tried to score on his own, kicked it out to him, and it was a shot clock violation. That was like the one like look he got. I, I liked how he played, and I think he can be a guy that you can go to. But the biggest thing for him is to defend without fouling. He had four fouls in seven minutes tonight. Yeah, he's uh he gets a bit excited, and he's also usually guarding the best player. But yeah. if he can, if he can figure out a way to just. You know, he's all up on a guy. Obviously, the coaches need to tell him to just take it down one more gear. But I really like his tools, man. And he's just a wing defender. If you can find little, you know, niches in the fourth quarter 
to like just give the uh, other team some defensive pressure. It just feels good. But uh, yeah, appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you checking in as always. Appreciate your support too. Mm-hmm. There's our guy Ross checking in. All right, let's go next. To, okay, let's bring yeah. in the big fella. Kings could use his girth. What's up, Nick? What's up, Deuce and Morgan? How are you? It's just Deuce right now. Uh, no Morgan? No, she had to drive back. Yeah, how are you today, Deuce? I'm good, man. What, what's up? Uh, what's up? All right, hey, Nick, I could barely hear you. I'm working Nick, uh, Nick. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, stay like yeah. that. Stay like that. That's perfect. Yeah, so the Kings, so the Kings, I'm excited that the Kings won today. Hey, why not win today? Why not? What do you What do you like about the win? Well, well, with Utah trying to shoot the three, I'm like, like, I thought Utah was going to afford the overtime, but that last shot did not count. It did not count. You're right. The marketing shot did not count. Uh, tomorrow night, the Kings play the Hawks. Are you going to be at the game? Yes, I will be. Yeah, you will. Uh, you know, I'm going to be at the game, Nick. Yeah, I'll be seeing you there. So what's your message to the team for tomorrow night? Remember, the, the second night of a back-to-back is hard. Guys get tired. Yeah, but you got you to play strong. Get out there and, and you know. Atlanta Hawkins in Sacramento right now. They're at the hotel sleeping right now. They're at the hotel hanging out? Yeah, they're probably sleeping. You think they're sleeping? You don't think they went out tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the referees, they called way too many fouls. They never do it too much. Yeah. Way too much, Nick. I, I know you, you get mad at the officials sometimes. Hey, but, yeah, I do. They need to quit calling you know, quit cheating. They cheat too much. They cheat too much. All right. Uh, any other things you want to add tonight? Hey, hey. If Mark is listening, I should say you should you should put that song on. What what song? Fire the laser. Oh, oh! I thought you meant turn on the effing jet song. You want a little fire the laser? Yeah. I know she she. It's not going to happen tonight. She did it on TV though. Yeah. Hey, but she can hear it. You can hear it on uh, on Twitter Spaces that hey, if I say this, why not like to be? Why right. not like to be? Hey Nick, why don't you say fire the laser? Okay, I'll say it. Yep. Put the song on then. No, no, you, you just say it. Just go. Fire the laser. <laughs> Good job. All right, sleep dream. Sleep dream. <laughs> Checking in. Oh my gosh. Let's go next to our guy, Clifton. What's up, Clifton? How you doing, man? Welcome in to Night Chat. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, man. What's on your mind? Oh, man, you know what? Hey, why not be five games over 500? Man, they haven't hit that mark yet, man. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> hey, thank you for reaching out today over on Twitter and uh, you know, just you know, on YouTube and stuff like that. When you see me, I appreciate you guys, both you and Morgan. Well, dude, we appreciate everyone who watches us, dude. It's it's fun. It's a great community. It's it's and it's been fun this year. The fact that we're sitting here, thirty six games in, the Kings are winning a tough road game. You know, you got to keep it going. You got to take care of business at home, but it's fun. Hey, you put up the poll, uh, uh, and I think I said six three. 
But I also mentioned that if Metsu, and I wanted to get your thought on this because I was all in the chat saying this, <laughs> if Metsu plays over this stretch, I, I can realistically feel 7-2 and two because he was the one that was really igniting that uh, seven-game run that we had, and that's the only reason why I came up with that. I mean, I don't think that he was the reason. I think, I mean, Metsu, <laughs> okay. Met, Met, I mean, Metsu had some nice moments. I think Metsu... And who knows, maybe they go back to him at some point. Metsu had a stretch of games where he was getting some easy looks and he was playing in control and there wasn't a ton of defensive breakdowns. And he went through a stretch where some of the old habits kind of crept in, maybe some shot selection stuff, defensive breakdowns. And right now, he's out because Lyle started to play well. And so I think well, some of it is like, oh, okay, not only did you make some mistakes, but now this guy, we're going to give Lyle some minutes and, oh, he's actually doing well with him. We're going to keep rolling with it. I think that's part of it too. And so you just never know. It's a long year. We're not even at the halfway point of the season. I imagine you'll see Matt too again. You're going to see mm -hmm. Terrence Davis again too, I'm sure too. You just have to be ready. All these guys have to be ready. That's true. And you're right about Lyle's game. I mean, he is definitely, you know, in KZ, you know what I'm saying? Their games are stepping up. So you're right about that, man. Yeah, and you know tonight they didn't give you a ton of minutes. Those guys you got to lean on a little bit tomorrow. Like you, it'd be nice if Lyles can give you a good 15, 20 minutes to to take some pressure off the the starter. So, yeah, it's I'm excited for the stretch of games. It's uh, golden ones, uh, dude. I, I was I was because I you know I respect your time so much and I know a lot of people, but. um Man, should we extend Monty now or wait till like that halftime mark that you mentioned uh, like week a week ago? Should we wait? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, in my opinion, he's done enough to justify. There's some people like, well, let's see him get to the playoffs first. I'm like, I'm just watching the moves he's made. He drafted Tyrese Halliburton. Guy's a mm -hmm. really talented player. He turned that into Demonis Sabonis, who's playing the best basketball of his career. It's unlocked Fox. He made a good trade for Kevin Herter. He signed Malik Monk. Like, the moves he's made overall look pretty good. Has he been perfect? No, but no GM in the league is perfect. He took over a situation that wasn't great. And now I'm actually excited to see now what he can do to tinker with the roster. Okay, you got them this far. You, you have a team competitive. We always talk about what can the players do to get to the next level. What can Fox do to be considered great instead of good? With, same thing with the GM. What is he going to do to help this team get to the next level? So that's what I'm interested in seeing. I got a rapid-fire question for you from the peanut gallery. I got a, a rapid-fire question. Yeah. John uh, Collins or Kyle Kuzma? Oh, man, it's tough, man. You know, both those guys intrigue me. Um, I feel like Collins... John Collins has not had a good year this year in Atlanta. And nope. I don't... But I also don't lose sight of the fact that like it's not a great situation and you have seen yeah. your name in trade rumors for like two years it's a, it's annoying and i also don't think trey young is the easiest guy to play with i think that's yeah. a challenge for for him too and look herders thrived here a bit but i think collins is interesting because he adds size he blocks nearly one and a half shots per game He's a lob threat. He can go get a rebound. He can hit a three. It's not perfect, but I, I imagine he'd be a nice fit 
with the Kings. And, the, you know, you're going to have to give up something, though. Like, you're not gonna, they're not just going to gift you him, even though they want to get rid of him. And, you know, that's that's where you start going into, all right, well, Harrison Barnes could be on the way out. And what else are you going to package with that at, at that point? With Kuzma, yeah, I don't know what the Wizards are going to do. Because now all of a sudden they're stringing it together. They're playing better basketball. There's been some quiet talk I've read on social media with Kuzma that like, actually they wouldn't mind giving him an extension. He kind of likes being in Washington and now they're winning. You know, they go on this 10 game losing skid and now all of a sudden they're winning games. And that, uh, I think that front office there is like, we're trying to win. We just gave Beal a shit ton of money. We got Porzingis on the roster. We got Kuzma. Like, let's try to do something here and be. Now, I'm not pretending like they're going to do anything dramatic, but like, I think they they go. Well, maybe we could sneak in and have a first round series, and maybe that's what that that group wants. So I, I don't know. That's why this next month is going to be significant for some of those teams, like the Hawks. What are they going to do? And, and of course, for the Wizards too. Did you hear about that they're talking about Holmes and Harrison for either uh, Mo Bamba or Bol Bol? And I think I mentioned that in the chat the other day. Like, man, you know what? Bol Bol, you know, with this young man that's coming out of college, I mean, this one young man is coming up right now, that tall dude, and you think about Bol Bol, Mo Bamba, would they be a good fit, you know what I'm saying, coming behind Delmas? Well, that, that trade from a salary cap, standpoint just would not work i know a lot of people like mo bamba uh, he makes 10.3 next year bull bull i don't see why on earth orlando wouldn't want to give him away i mean they he's relatively inexpensive makes 2.2 million next year and although he's been up and down the guy didn't play basketball for a long time and he is showing signs of being something what can he be i don't know but i think if you're orlando you've got time to figure it out that's just not a move you would make for them so well, hey, Clifton, I appreciate you checking in, dude. Thank you so much. All right, we'll see you. There's Clifton. Clifton checking in. Uh, I want to get some people in the chat. Someone, uh, Lee says, Kuz is a polished Keegs. I think you'd have to trade Keegs to get Kuzma. I mean, then you don't do it. I mean, that's, no. <laughs> I'm out. No. Kuzma's also, can, he can, he, Kuzma can opt out. Like, no, you, you would absolutely not do that. And I think their games are different, you know? Um, I do think Kuzma would be a nice addition and maybe I'm just falling in love with what I saw when they played uh, the Kings when they were here, but man, I'm like, God, he could slash to the basket. He plays with confidence. He's long. He's a lob threat. Imagine him cutting. It's a bonus finding him. I like it. It's clear the Kings need more size. We absolutely know that. And yeah, Keegan, I no desire to move on from Keegan Murray. I mean, I think... He is, he's stringing it together a little bit and he has shown enough signs. I think he's going to be a very, um, very good player in the NBA. I really do. I'm looking at the standings too tonight to see where the Kings are updated. All right. Updated standings. If the playoffs started today, Kings and Mavs would be playing in the first round. Kings are at 20 and 16. They're three and a half out of the number one spot in the Western conference. All of a sudden the Mavs won seven in a row, by the way. Insane. Clippers behind the Kings. They are 21 and 18, but Paul George, he's going to miss some time, it sounds like. You got Portland in the seventh spot at 19 and 17. The Suns look like an absolute mess. Booker's out. They got their asses kicked yesterday 
in an afternoon game in New York against the Knicks. They've lost three in a row. They're in the eighth spot. The Warriors have won five in a row. They're at the ninth in Utah, now losing five straight. They're 19 and 21. Then you got Minnesota and OKC on the outside looking in. At the top, a couple of things to like follow now. This sucks with the Pelicans. I'm watching their game last night against the Sixers and Zion just doing his thing. The guy is such a force. And when he is on the floor, the the Pelicans look frightening. This is a team that is sitting at 23 and 14, one game out of the number one spot. And Brandon Ingram has not played, it feels like, in two months. They've had other guys miss time. C.J. McCollum's playing an all-star level. And then last night, we we see Zion limp off the floor late third quarter. It just sucks. It just sucks for them. And it sucks for him because he is having such a bounce-back season after what went down last year. And for him to be out an extended period of time just bums you out. I want to see what the, the latest was on that. Let's make sure I'm not missing it with Zion, but it was at least a few weeks I saw earlier today, I think. And maybe someone in the chat could update me on it. But it just bums you out because he is such a fun player to watch. And the Pelicans, man, they just they they seem like they have the recipe to maybe come out of the West if they were healthy. Because McCollum has been a perfect fit for them. If Ingram's healthy, Zion Valanchunas is another big out there. They can go small. Herb Jones. Yeah, Trey Murphy, Alvarado. They've got the depth. They've got toughness. I like them. I like them a lot. And it's just with them, it's always the what-if game. Well, if if they could stay healthy, they just have to prove it. you know. And then you see the story today about Marvin Bagley, speaking of not staying healthy, breaks a couple of fingers. He's going to be out like six to eight weeks. Ugh. injuries just absolutely suck in this league. It just bums you out. So, you know, with the Pelicans losing Zion, they're going to drop off a little bit here. And I don't know how far, but they're going to drop a little bit here. And if you're Sacramento and you've got this five-game homestand coming up, this is where you can really make some headway and, and, and go up the standings a little bit. You know, you, you know Memphis is legit. I think seeing Memphis... You're just watching them and wondering, are they in a position to make some big deadline move to shake some things up and get even better? Because you you have their recipe. Jaw's awesome. Bain, if he can get that toe right, was playing at an all-star level before that injury. Steven Adams has been really good for them. Jaron Jackson, what a presence he's been defensively when he stays on the floor. I guess the whole point is there... Even the teams at the top, it's a lot of health things. It's like, all right, Bain, is he all right? Jaron Jackson, is he going to stay healthy? You look at the Nuggets, they look flawed too, but they're sitting at the number one spot. All right, is Porter staying healthy? Can Murray stay healthy? A lot of question marks in the West. A lot of question marks. So it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. We got a back-to-back. Tomorrow night, we'll be live on the Kings and the Hawks. We'll be live following the game, talking with all of you guys. Probably do an extended night chat because uh, we'll have a couple of days off. Uh, we love you guys so, so, so much, but we got to go. You all have an amazing night. See ya. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo.
podcast that you know. Do Samo. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 